Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be, wherever time it may be. Thank you for tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you'll hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I am your host, your proud host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Report.com. And you guys can always, always follow me on any one of my social media handles, whether it's on Twitter at Locker underscore reports, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small caps, Facebook, at LockReport.com, and also check me out on a Locker Talk page on you on Facebook. But make sure you guys go to YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, Locker Talk podcast on YouTube, where you guys can see this show here on the video side, where you can see highlights and see this good-looking face talking about NFL stuff that you will not hear anywhere from anywhere around the world. I guarantee it, guarantee it, and promise you that. But always check me out on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you guys can listen to this show at the Bachelor news.airtime.pro, 24 hours a day at your leisure. Make sure you guys tune in to hear what is going on in the NFL. All right, folks. Now, I hope everyone is doing well. hope everyone is safe, you know, not doing nothing too crazy while you're driving and not doing nothing too crazy at home. Just sit down for like most close to 30 minutes just to hear about some good NFL stuff. Yes, I know you guys check out everything else that's going on around the world and around the world in God's regards to the NFL, but hey, I got some good stuff here for you guys, especially if you're into finding out who will be the next big thing. And we have some guys that I would consider that will be the next big thing real soon here in the NFL that came by way of the NFL Regional Combine. You know, of course, that's the platform uh, working with NFL football operations, you know, to, you know, to get the information out, to talk about the process. And the biggest process that most people don't know, but it's starting to pick up some steam, picking up some steam. Of course, not with the main media, but that's all right, though. That's all right. You know, we're doing really good, you know, just being undercover. But you guys who stay locked in this show will recognize about the changes and being, I would say, a little uh, up-to-date with certain players and certain things going on, going on in the NFL. And we're going to get right into it. And as we know, that week two of the NFL preseason uh, was, you know, went past very well um, for all the teams out there getting it. You know, we have some injuries here and there, but also we had some players that's making a name for themselves, taking advantage of opportunities. This is why I love the preseason, because it gives people the opportunity, young players, unknown players, you know, chances to be able to show, prove their worth on the NFL teams and also veteran players are still trying to land, you know, continue with their dream in the NFL. So the preseason is very, very important. And we know that during this preseason, the only two teams, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only two teams that will, that has, that's playing four preseason games. The rest of the teams around the league is only playing three because with the new changes and the rules and having that extra week of regular season extended this year. That's why, you know, the, the, the preseason was pretty much cut back by one game. Now, this preseason, I would say, when it comes, when it, when it, when it's dealing with the, the regional combine, it's, it's been a, a great 
preseason. Majority of the um, regional combine players are still out there kicking butt, which is a great thing, you know. But when it, when we talk about the preseason and when we talk about the regional combine players, technically this preseason has been about two players in particular. And we're going to get into those two players, you know, right now as we jump into uh, what's going on. Now, one, now, if you've been listening to this show, of course, you know, you know, for the census, you know, a, um, existence, especially all last year and also earlier uh, when the preseason has started, you have recognized that these two players I'm about to talk about, you know, definitely already had shown promise. And I'm talking about Baltimore Ravens uh, backup quarterback in Tyler Huntley and backup quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams, talked about Bryce Perkins. Um, both of these players, young uh, quarterbacks, and the reason why this is a real big thing, I was in a big um, deal in regards to the regional combine. And just to give you a little heads up, when we talk about the regional combine, all the players there, position players, get a chance to showcase their skill set, you know, in front of NFL scouts. And all the positions there, we will see that they really have a legitimate way of showing their skill set while they're there. I mean, all positions, you know, you can really see what they can really do. But the most part about it is that outside of the quarterback position, all the other players there can rely on their performance, their sole performance, and work out to be able to to show to the NFL scouts that, hey, you know, we need to take me a little, you know, take the play a little serious. But when it comes down to the quarterback, it's a whole different monster. The quarterback, yes, they still have to know, have the right mechanics, the right footwork, um, be able to throw, make all the NFL passes, you know, know all the routes, how to throw combinations. They still have to know that. However, they're still relied on the pass catchers that are there. And if the pass catcher is not catching the passes, and when you go there, it's not like that these quarterbacks are familiar with the receivers who they're going to um, throw the balls to. And when they're throwing the balls to players that's unfamiliar, they don't know how fast some of these players are. They don't know their true skill set, don't know how athletic these players are, how good their hands are. You know, they, they really, really rely on what the pass catchers do because although – the scouts all looking at the mechanics, looking at the way how they release the ball, how they get the ball out, they do everything. But it is still something about completion. And when you have players there that will drop passes, not because it was a bad pass, it was because they couldn't handle the ball. And if those scouts, especially the ones that I would say not as seasoned, you know they're going to miss it and all they're going to look at, oh, another drop pass and counting against their quarterback. Now, I'm quite sure there have been some, not a lot, not a lot, not trying to say it was a lot, but probably a couple here and there that were decent quarterbacks, and I've seen it for myself, that had everything going for them, but, had a, but for some reason the, the pass catchers was dropping their passes, and those quarterbacks didn't get a look after that. So we don't know how many other quarterbacks that probably came through the process that could at least, at least got an opportunity to get into someone's camp, and then from there it will, it will be on them. So when we look at quarterbacks that that that's, that came through or journeyed through the regional combine, it's a big, big deal to see quarterbacks that made it through and actually made it onto the NFL team. Now, Tyler Huntley 
and Bryce Perkins. They were a part of the listing from last year, but we know the workouts was canceled due to COVID. And so with that happening, with their names being on the list, all the teams still received that list. And because of COVID, majority of those players were invited to come to the training camps. Then from there, it was up to the players to make it on their own. And so these two quarterbacks did. And we saw Tyler Huntley, how he got on the field last year uh, when the Ravens in week 15, when the Ravens blew out Jacksonville and they brought Tyler Huntley in to close out the fourth quarter. And then we saw Tyler again in the division around the AFC playoff, I mean, AFC playoffs when Lamar Jackson got concussed in the beginning, right in the beginning part of you know, the, the very end of the third quarter going into the fourth quarter. And Tyler Huntley had came in and the Ravens was down by, I believe, by a touchdown at that point. Huntley came in there and could have could have caused some kind of debate, or I would say a little controversy with the quarterbacks. Now Lamar Jackson, um, former NFL, I mean uh, NFL MVP, setting the team, setting the NFL off on fire, especially in the regular season, mainly in the regular season. But and I'm I'm on record and I've said this: Tyler Huntley can throw the ball better than Lamar Jackson. Is he a skilled player overall better than Lamar? No, I'm not going to go that far. You know, but this young man can play in the NFL. This young man can definitely challenge for a uh, challenge for a starting position in the NFL. It just won't happen in Baltimore because Baltimore is locked in Lamar Jackson, and understandably so. But if something were to happen, God forbid, if anything happens, Baltimore Ravens would be in good shape with this young man, and he has shown this during the preseason of this year. Um, in week two of the NFL. He played the entire game. You know, him and, him and McSorley are the two quarterbacks are there. And I believe they, they both would still make the team. But one of them may be on a practice squad because the Ravens will not carry three active quarterbacks on that roster. So these two guys are fighting for, again, for the backup position for Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson um, and last year Tyler Huntley won the backup position. We listen to Lock of Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of Locker-Support.com. Now, in week two against the Carolina Panthers, like I said, Huntley played the entire game. In that game, he had 34 attempts and completed 24 of those passes for 187 yards. Now, he did throw an interception, which was early in the fourth quarter in that first series. But when after that happened, that's when you saw, the, that's when you saw Tyler start rolling in this game, start moving the ball taking his shots down the field, making sure that he don't put his team in a bad situation, setting the, reading the defenses, going through his progressions. He did everything. He pretty much had an awesome, almost nearly flawless game. You know, he did, you know, had to use his legs. Another thing that compared to Lamar Jackson because it's very important that your backup pretty much had the same skill set of your starter because if something was to happen with the starter and you put the backup in, we don't want the team to completely adjust, especially that O-line, to adjust to that quarterback so that they can be able to still be competitive on the field. So you want to have a player that's, that they're familiar with the same style as the starting quarterback so that the mechanics and the expectations, uh, expectations for the offensive line will not change. And Tyler Huntley fit that mold perfectly. 
Huntley and Lamar Jackson go way back as they were rivals in high school, and now they are in the NFL together on the same team. So Lamar Jackson is in 100%, 100% in support of Tyler Huntley, and that's the best part about this whole situation. Um, that's when we saw, you know, with Tyler. That's when we saw Tyler Huntley had himself a solid game, and one of the things that he had said in the game, and it was really on his mind about that interception. And one of the quotes that he had said about his matchup in this game, and quote, I had to just get into with him. I couldn't, I couldn't keep performing how I was because it would have caused all bad. I just had to get that rhythm and give us, get us on track so that we could start moving the ball. That's the key right here. I didn't even know I was 0-4. I just knew I needed to complete some passes so that what I strive to do, and I guess I can come to play, end quote. That was him, you know, in regards of talking about um, his first drive, doing that interception, you know, how they came out the gate, you know, really rough and struggled. But he got the team on track, on pace, and he started rocking and rolling from there. So that is one of the other players. Now, other players, when I talked about with Bryce Perkins for the Los Angeles Rams, this, this young man is, I, I, would, I, I would tell you this, here, I would say, now we know that Matthew, uh, Matthew Stafford is now the new starting quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams. And good for him because he's finally in a winning environment, and we definitely wish him all the best. But if I was in Los Angeles, and if I had a chance to talk to Sean McVay, I probably would have told him early in the season, on the offseason, before they made that trade, and say, hey, you know, if you still want to get rid of Jared Goff and some draft picks, no problem, I understand. But you really don't need to go out and get a quarterback because you have a quarterback right here in your backyard that is capable of allowing this team to win. And that's how much confidence I have in Bryce Perkins. And Bryce Perkins, after being with the Rams for one year on that practice squad, this young man is really showcasing his skill set, something that I was expecting to see from him in the NFL. You know, he had a solid career in Virginia, and his skill set translating over to the NFL worked because he is mobile, but he looked to pass the ball first, which is always, always a great thing when you're trying to be a quarterback because eventually over time, when you get to 30, you know, you're not going to have those wheels like that when you're 22, when you're 23. You know, so you want to have someone that know how to deliver the ball, and this young man can do that. Very capable playmaking, extending plays, whether if it's foot, whether it's with his, uh, with his wheels or with his arms. You know, so Bryce Perkins is that legitimate threat that the Rams have back there in the backfield. You listen to Lock to Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We're here about NFL stars of tomorrow. We're going to take a quick pause, quick pause, come right back, and then we're going to get right back into Perkins' performance so we can compare and also the other regional combine players that's um, in the NFL right now. You listen to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars today, uh, NFL star of tomorrow today. Now, make sure you guys, the featured artists. Now, you know every Friday from 5 to 5.30, we feature the album artists for the day. And the feature album artists on feature album Friday today, starting from 5 to 5.30, is Jodeci. Please make sure that you guys tune in and listen. And then also, also, make sure you listen to Love Songs on Whisper Softly. On, uh, and that's every Sunday through Friday. 
from 8 p.m. to midnight at the same place on the Bastion News uh, BastionNewsRadio.Airtime.Pro. Now, make sure you listen to Josie. Now, I know growing up in the 90s, it was all about boys and men. I was a boys and men fan. I like Josie, too, but I tell you now, as I listen to Josie music, you know, I see that they was far, far more mature than boys and men. I can't really listen to boys and men songs, but every time a Josie song comes on, it catches my attention, and I make sure I listen. So make sure you guys tune in to Feature Album Fridays from 5 to 5.30 when we will have the, play, uh, the album featured of Jodeci. Now, welcome back to the Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network. We're here about NFL starts tomorrow. Today, my, I'm, I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashport.com. And make sure you guys follow me on all my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore report, on Instagram, Locker Report 100, all small cats. On Facebook, LockerReport.com, and also check out the Locker Talk podcast on Facebook, and also subscribe to the Locker Talk podcast on YouTube. Okay, now, what we were talking about before the break, we were talking about what this preseason is pretty much is, has been about for us with the NFL Regional Combine. And it's two quarterbacks. We talked about Tyler Huntley, quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, and now we're getting right into Bryce Perkins for the Los Angeles Rams. This young man has it all, all the tools. He definitely, definitely is that guy that can make things happen. And like I said, you know, Matthew Stafford is that main guy there. But God forbid, if anything happened to him, the Rams will be in great, 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 great situation with Perkins behind center. Week two of the preseason, he went out there and put on a massive performance, backed up what he did in week one when he went up against um, the um, Los Angeles Chargers, and he did not miss the beat when he went up against the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, in this matchup, it was a, it was a, it was a very competitive game all the way to the end. And we see that Bryce Perkins was really distributing the ball around the field. He was really getting down out there. He put just like Tyler Huntley, he played the entire game, really got you know a good dose of what it is to play all the quarters. And he definitely looked the part and did what he was supposed to do out there on the field. He definitely, definitely was the guy on the field. Now, out of that game, he had completed 26 passes out of 39 attempts. And out of that, he um, thrown for 208 yards. And he did force the issue a couple of times on his legs with nine carries for 41 yards. So a complete all-around game. In this game, he definitely distributed the ball around to fellow regional combine listeners and Xavier Jones, who's a running back there, who had seven carries for 29 yards and also had a nice, nice reception that went for 10 yards. And J.J. Kosky actually led the team in receiving yards for 61. He was targeted 10 times and caught eight of those targets. So he definitely was showing his play on the field. Now, all three of these guys literally can contribute to this Rams ball club. And I'm really looking forward to seeing. I have no doubt in my mind these, these three players will make the team. And also, also, there's another player to talk about that came through the listing for the regional combine, and that's Christian uh, Rosenbaum. He is a linebacker. Now, I'll tell you, this young man is electric. He didn't really get into the game until late in the game, but his presence, his energy level was so high that it, was, it just really, 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 really helped the Rams in a, in a situation when the Rams was down and the, the Chargers, and, and my fault, and the Rams needed to stop. And with Christian on the field, he had a play that he almost, I mean, he jumped the route, could have had an interception, but he looked like he, was, went, he went to pretty much try to stop the pass, and he also had a good, good hit 
I mean, you got to go to Locker Dash Report. I mean, you got to go to Locker Talk podcast on YouTube to see that highlight when Nathan Peterman uh, was dropped back and trying to, um, you know, trying to move the ball down the field, drop back, step into the pocket to scramble, and next thing you know, you saw Christian come flying by. Boom, laid him out. It was a solid, solid, clean hit. It was awesome. So make sure you guys go to Lock and Talk podcast on YouTube to see that highlight. But with those guys combined and Justin Lawler, who's also a veteran that was there two years ago, he was out all season last year on RI. So he's back this season looking forward to seeing number 53 on the field. But with Bryce Perkins and his crew, I'm telling you, they have something there that's going off, that's going on with the Rams. And I really believe that Rams definitely, definitely are in good shape and good hands if something was to happen to that top signal caller, which we all do not want to see happen. We want to see players get on the field because they would just perform better. That's what we would like to see. Uh, but at the same time, we wish everybody all the best. But, you know, with my regional guys, I'm going to pull for those guys for, I mean, uh, up front, and I'm always pulling for them and want to see them on the field more than anything. So this preseason for the NFL Regional Combine has really been down to two players, Tyler Huntley and Bryce Perkins. What they will do in week three, we're not for sure. You know, make sure, make sure they may play the entire game for the Baltimore Ravens. Don't know what's going to happen uh, with the Rams, but I know one thing, that both of these players are game. They can play in the final preseason warm-up before the regular season starts. Now, to get on to some other players, when I talked about the quarterbacks coming through the NFL Regional Combine platform, uh, I, I would say like, I gave a detailed breakdown of how difficult it can be for a quarterback to get in there. But fortunately, we were successful having quarterbacks get, get into the league. You know, uh, we had a guy named Joe Callahan, came from Westlake University Division Three school, was in the NFL for about three years, bounced around from team to team on practice squad, never got a chance to see the regular, never see the field on the regular season, but he still made it to the NFL through that platform. But the biggest one that has been carrying the torch has been Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has been that guy uh, for uh, for the NFL Regional Combine to really showcase his talent in the NFL. Now, he's now with the Philadelphia Eagles, not having the best preseason, but I'm quite sure that he'll definitely get it together, assuming if he is to make that roster as he's trying to compete with Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco for the backup position to back up Tyler Hunter. And the other quarterback, Alex Magoo. Alex Magoo was drafted in the seventh round by the Seattle Seahawks um, in the 2019 season. So this young man has – he's just like – um, uh, Bryce Perkins and Tyler Huntley. I really think that he's more, I compare his game to more of a Taysom Hill for the New Orleans Saints because he is a pure athlete that's blessed enough to be a quarterback. Alex Magoo is now back with the Seattle Seahawks, and although he did not have his best game in week two, but he still showed a lot of good stuff on the field like he did in week, I mean, um, pretty much almost like how he did in week one of the preseason, but he was out there on the field doing his thing in that matchup. Now, just to give you some rundowns. Now, Cincinnati Bengals have two players on there. Mike Thomas, who's a veteran that's been with the Los Angeles Rams for years, signed with the Cincinnati Bengals last year, and he signed with them again this year. In this matchup um, that, he, that, that, that he had, he had three receptions for 14 yards. His teammate, now Ken, uh, Ken Andre Jones, linebacker, he had seven tackles in this matchup. Really did a great job in this game showing that, you know, he can be that guy 
that you know to watch out for and be reliable enough to be able to make the stops. Um, and one of the things I like about in this game, he really showed a lot of effort on solo tackles. So I would say, you know, Ken Andre Jones, seven tackles in this match, matchup. He did a great, great thing for the Cincinnati Bengals in that matchup. Uh, the Washington football team, linebacker Colt Holcomb, didn't play a lot. He's one of their starters there looking to um, have him make an impact this year again. He wrapped up with two tackles in this game. For the Kansas City Chiefs, you heard me talk about this young man last year and Mike Dana. And then towards the end of last season, you heard me talk, heard me talk about or mention Tim Ward, who's a defensive lineman. Both of these players in that matchup, um, they were able to get one stop each. Now, Arizona Cardinals have a defensive back in, um, in Chase, um, um, Chase Willikin, um, Chase Willikin. Chase, Will- uh, uh, Chase Willikin had four tackles in this matchup. So this young man is really showing slowly that he can be one of the reliable guys in the back end for the Cardinals. And he could, and if he make the team, he could be back there with longtime veteran Chris Banjo, who came through the process for the NFL Regional Combine many moons ago. Matter of fact, one of the very uh, original guys to help set this platform and help make this platform what it is today. The Buffalo Bills folks had shored up their pass rush and really beast up their defense. And they went by way, believe it or not, they probably not even realizing it, do some NFL regional combine players. Terrell Adams came along board um, uh, after he had a solid, solid season last year with the Houston Texans. He finished that game with two tackles. Justin Zimmer, Zimmer he's been there for the um, best um, year or two. He had a performance in that game. He had two stops. F.A. Obata, defensive end, defensive end, who came from the Carolina Panthers from last year, he was able to get a, uh, a stop, almost had his hands on the quarterback twice, but they got away from him. But also, defensive tackle, Brandon Bryant. Now, Brandon Bryant, I like this guy a lot. He's been hustling for the past several years, coming through the platform, trying to land spots on teams. Had a couple of um, plays on a regular season when he was the Cleveland Browns where he bounced around around the league, but he still managed to make it on the NFL team because the talent is there. In this matchup, he wound up racking up with three tackles, and out of the three tackles, he had one and a half sacks. So, Brian definitely, definitely made his impact in that beatdown against the Chicago Bears. Speaking of which, for the Chicago Bears, um, LaCosta London, defensive tackle, he had two tackles in that game. Minnesota Vikings linebacker, who I went crazy over last week, and Miles Dorn, he racked up three tackles in that matchup. Now, defensive back, Pernell Molly, he cashed in with five tackles as he led the Denver Broncos in tackles were in that game with five tackles. Reggie Davis, we're talking about this young man throughout this whole preseason. Reggie Davis for the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. He had a recession for 10 yards, and he also also had two carries that totaled 11 yards. So Reggie Davis definitely was showing his wills in this game because he is a speedster. And one of the things I think the Dallas Cowboys are trying to do is trying to figure out how they can use this young man. This is his second stint with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to let this young man get away, but they're trying to figure out some ways to use what could, be, could uh, potentially be dynamic in this league because he is one of those fast, talented players, a skill set that cannot be taught that he has. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Reggie Davis making this ball club and doing something for the Dallas Cowboys. Speaking of another Reggie, 
Reggie Bangleton. Reggie, Reggie Bangleton came through the process in 2016, but did not go into the NFL right away. He actually went to the Canadian League inside with the Calgary Stampeders. Now, he wound up winning the Great Cup and becoming a Great Cup champion and also was a CFL All-Star, particularly for the West. But he was an All-Star in CFL, but this young man could play. He, was with the, uh, he signed with the Green Bay Packers last year on and off their practice squad. But this is the year. This is the year where he's really showing with the talent pass catchers that they do have that Reggie can make a case for himself to make this active active roster. In this matchup against the Jets, he had two huge catches that totaled 15 yards and had two punt returns averaging 17.5 attempts. Reggie Bangleton really, really have a chance in making this team definitely, definitely pulling for him to make this roster to not only the transfer what he did in the Canadian League to the NFL. Folks, thank you for thank you so much for joining and tuning in to Locker Talk on the Bachelor News Radio Network, where you hear about NFL stars of tomorrow today. I'm your host, Barry Barnes, founder and CEO of LockerDashport.com. Make sure you guys follow me on all my social handles on Twitter at Locker underscore Report, on Instagram Locker Report 100, all small caps, on Facebook LockerReport.com, and also follow me um, on, on with the Locker Talk podcast on Facebook, but I want you guys to go to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, subscribe to Locker Talk on YouTube, where you guys can follow and hear this show and see the show. Make sure you guys always lock in to the Bachelor News Radio Network at BachelorNewsRadioNetwork.airtime.pro, where you can listen to this show 24 hours a day at your leisure. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Yanni Knotts is ready to come on and give a dose of dime show. So make sure you guys stay locked in to hear what the DJ had to say on perspective of love and life. Everyone stay locked in. Everyone stay blessed. Let's be, come back next week when we talk about week three. Take it easy now.
make this work when we may have to switch to the phone and adjust the system that we're going to do. Okay? So, if you can, hit me on all my forms of social media. I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, the chat the tagline is WJDon. Um, also, if you want to hit me up, I'm also on YouTube. I have a channel, but I haven't posted anything yet. So, I'm going to um, so let me go ahead and switch to the bigger sound like it's getting any better. We will make that. Yeah. And I hope that everybody can hear. So with that being said, let's move forward. And last week's show was actually about um, narcissism. It wasn't about narcissists. It actually was about codependency. And it actually resonated with a lot of people. A lot of people hit me up, and they were kind of um, – Hitting me up about, hey, you know, that sounds like me. It sounds like you were talking to me. And all. It was a lot of people. And the reason why is because all of us, kind of like when we talked about narcissists, all of us have some codependent symptoms, some codependent issues. Uh, all of us have been failed in one way or another, not, you know, despite the best efforts of our parents, because some of our parents are saints, listen, or some of our parents are not. But despite some of the best efforts of our parents and, um, and the environment that they put us in, sometimes we come up lacking. And that is what kind of contributes to um, the codependency personality type. Okay, so what does that mean? What does codependency look like? It is a person that kind of always needs validation. I was a actual, absolutely a codependent child. I needed to get verification or validation from my parents all the time. I know I ran them ragged. My mom told me at one point I ran her ragged, <laughs> but it was because um, we talked about last week how they have noted that even in the delivery room, in the delivery room that children can feel whether or not they are wanted. So when you take that into consideration, you take that into account that in the delivery room, children are aware of whether or not they are wanted or not. It makes a difference as to why a lot of us don't ever feel really secure in our relationships. Why should we if we don't feel like we're wanted? So with that being said, codependency really is either you are the person that is codependent where you are seeking validation, you are doing above and beyond, you are going out of your way to make sure that this one person never leaves, never goes, always feels wanted, always feels needed so that you can get that validation for you. And it doesn't always work. Unfortunately, a lot of us, a lot of codependent people end up with the shaft. We end up giving more than we get, which is one of the reasons why I talk about these things. This is not just that I'm reaching out to you and I'm telling you about some of this. These are things that resonate with me as well. So, when we talk about how we get our messages from people and people like, oh, well, don't listen to her because her relationship, you know, she ended in divorce. I would rather hear from people who have been through some stuff so they can tell me maybe what not to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does just a little bit. So it resonated with a lot of people, and that's okay. All of us have been encountered either we are codependent or we have encountered people who are codependent, even in our job, people that need that consistent, you know, affirmation that they are doing a good job. And is it really that bad? I mean, it is to a certain extent if you can control it and if it remains healthy. But here it is for you. If you need to understand that you are only responsible for you. So if someone is codependent and you are the person that they are codependent upon, 
it is unfortunately almost exhausting because nothing you ever do is going to make them 100% feel 100% of the time like they are wanted, needed, and deserve to be there, okay? Uh, another point of contention is that life is going to consistently give you something to deal with. So what happens if your person doesn't feel like you want them and need them, and so you're dealing with having to please them as well as having to deal with your life? And then if you are the codependent person, you are consistently feeling like you are never enough and that everything that they do is a sign that they're leaving. So, yes, it is It is definitely something that you do need to. It's part of your shadow work. You've got to do it. You've got to start breaking away from those codependent habits because it's just going to create um, unhappiness with you, okay? Hey, Harry, I see you listening on the uh, Facebook group. Happy to see you. I'm checking to see if my radio broadcast is um, any better. Looks like we're doing okay. All right, so uh, extra pressure (laughs) on people who are in codependent relationships because at the end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, um, it's going to end in resentment one way or the other. So story time, all right. Um, When I met this guy, I lived in St. Louis. I met this guy, and um, I lived with my cousin, Bora and Jason, and I call him Baba J. Baba J told me that I feel like it is the most pinnacle point of advice ever. He said, um, relationships, really, to make a relationship last, it is more so about um, probably being okay with who it is that you are laying your crusty feet next to because everybody is going to have issues. Everybody's going to have some form of drama. To feel like your person is not ever going to have drama is, is unrealistic, okay? So, again, to feel like the person that you're with is going to not have anything going on with them is unrealistic. So when that, with that being said, um, you are – your choice needs to be somebody that you can lay your ne- your head next to with their drama and still be okay. So that, to me, is the most pinnacle point of of advice because everybody has drama. So my bright idea was to, hey, all right, so the next guy I meet, I'm going to tell him all my stuff up front, all my stuff, all my drama up front, okay? So what I mean by that is I was going to give it to them. They were going to know, one, at that point, mind you, you see I'm thick now, um, I was a vegetarian, and I studied African studies, and I was into African um, languages and African dance. It was a, a huge part of my life. And so um, I came to them with that. I'm very thrifty. I don't do labels. I'm, you know, I'm a whole, I'm a whole thing, right? And I had a child, um, and I had no baby mom, no baby daddy drama, so that was a plus. But um, I was 100% an independent woman and did everything by myself. So I came to my potential mate, well, this is what I have. This is what's going on. I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that, and I need attention because I know I need attention. I like attention. And it ended up being, (laughs) so what you think would be like, oh, okay, he'll take it or he'll leave it. That's not what happened because in the beginning of relationships, especially when you want to be with somebody, you choose to cater to what it is that they like, even if you don't really like it. And unfortunately, that unfortunately is part of being codependent. Um, 
it is a codependent tendency to kind of cater to what it is that your partner likes. Now, is that a wholehearted bad thing? No. But here's what happened. He became vegetarian. He decided that um, he stopped buying expensive things. Matter of fact, he didn't buy anything just to please me. Um, he um, started studying African studies with me, took up drumming so that he could drum with me. Now, all of that sounds like, oh, a dream, right? But it's not. And I'll tell you why. It's because, unfortunately, he wasn't being honest and truthful with himself. So what I thought was cool, you know, oh, my God, he's, he really loves me. He really wants to be here. He really wants to do this. He did, but he was doing it to add a detriment to himself because he liked expensive things. He liked labels. He was raised in a household where that was the thing. So for me to, to get with me and it not be a thing, he was really doing a detriment to himself because it wasn't who he was. And he was leading a double life. He liked me. <laughs> he liked pork. I mean, um, and that's, and again, nothing to my people who eat all of that stuff. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you are finding yourself, changing yourself to be with someone else, you are now becoming into a codependent relationship because, again, what you accept is what you can expect. And what you put forward is what someone else is going to expect. So when you decide later on down the line that you don't want to do that, maybe it's too much. Maybe you just are not happy because you're not being you. It's a real thing, okay? So leading a double life will lead to resentment. You will eventually resent the person that you changed for and could lead to hatred, yeah, so do understand that, okay? So I do want to pause for the cause because, you know, the Bachelor News Radio Network is so awesome. I love them, love them, love them, and they have uh, given me um, a spot on their show, and I'm so appreciative. But let me tell you some good things about them. They have this thing called Feature Album Friday, and it is today at 5 o'clock. Eastern Standard Time, and they're going to do, you know, one artist. They play the total discography. Um, they're going to play Jodeci. Yes. I mean, if you love 90s hip-hop like I love 90s hip-hop, man, Jodeci is, the, it, they are the ones, I'm telling you. And if you can, ready, you can find that on the Bachelor News um, dot eartime dot pro again the bachelor with the b a t c h e l o r news dot eartime dot pro again they're playing Jodeci who can say no to Jodeci but it's thirty minutes of their whole discography and you can tune in and jam out because that's going to be pretty cool again five o'clock Eastern Standard Time six o'clock Central um, also don't forget don't forget they have that quiet storm time that whispers softly. <laughs> That whispers softly that they play love songs, and it's from Saturday, I'm sorry, from Sunday to uh, Friday. They play um, slow songs, slow jams, quiet storm, and it's from 8 p.m. to 12 midnight. Again, that's Eastern Standard Time every day but Saturday. So make sure you tune in for that. Again, it's nothing more than just turn on the radio station, uh, put your computer to the the bachelornews.airtime.pro, and just, you know, Vibe out on a Friday night. Vibe out. It's all good. What can we say? Love songs. I love it. All right. So let's talk about it. Back to the subject at hand. 
how do you move forward when you're in a codependent relationship? Because unfortunately, like I said, most of us are codependent in one way, shape, or form, okay? First and foremost, address it. Be upfront. Acknowledge it. You're in a you're in a codependent relationship. And <clears throat> sorry, you can say it, you know, just as easy as saying, I think our relationship is just a little too codependent for our own good. Wow, that was probably pretty loud. Sorry about that, guys. Let me sit my thing. And, and, you know, being honest, starting like that, acknowledging the fact that maybe you're in a codependent relationship is, is going to be the, the bound, you know, set the stage for what comes next, okay? Um, start by being totally honest with yourself and with your partner. If you don't like something that someone does, like if you don't like anime, don't watch anime. Be honest about it. If you watch it because your partner watches it, you're doing a disservice to yourself, okay? And you're setting yourself up for long-term anime watching later on. Just saying. If you're a Dragon Ball Z fan, be a Dragon Ball Z fan. Don't let anybody shake you like us real anime fans. Just kidding. Don't come for me. All right. So you'll <laughs> find that there are, I'm sorry, safe mediums. I don't mind watching football games. It is kind of, you know, it's not a bad thing. I think it's kind of fun. I like watching, you know, the guys run around. But it's not something that I'm 100% into. So that's a safe medium. I can pick and choose when it is that I decide to watch, okay? So I don't have a team. I don't root for anybody. But if my if my friends are watching and I'm at a football party, I'm going to watch. That's not a big thing for me. That's a safe medium. That's not me changing myself so that um, – that's not me changing myself so that um, my partner likes me. That's the difference. That's where it comes becomes different, okay? So make sure that you guys have a safe space for everybody to be honest and say what it is that they are okay with and they're not okay with. Like, now today I don't feel like it. And be honest with each other because that's, that's the name of the game. If you're not honest with each other, that's when it's going to start to become a problem. If you start feeling like you have to do certain actions, have to do certain things, it's going to become the problem, okay? Who is just on it today? Wow. You have to stop the anxiety train. So what do I mean by that? So the anxiety train, and if anybody who has anxiety will tell you that it starts with one thought and it spirals into like a hundred. It is a whole, a whole thing. It starts with, they didn't touch me. Well, what happened? Are, Are they going to break up with me? Do they not love me anymore? I mean, and I'm, I'm saying this because it's happened to me before, and we have to learn how to stop it. You have to, if, if you and your mate have a solid track record, if you have been together for a while, or if nothing has been out of the ordinary or nothing has been any implication that somebody's going to cheat on you or anything like that, if everything between you guys is great, then stop creating scenes in your head based on what you think is going on. Because that's where the anxiety pops in, okay? Uh, he didn't send me a heart emoji. He must be mad at me. Or she didn't give me a kiss before she went back to work. So that's where anxiety starts. You you look at something that might be very minute and you make it into something huge like a boulder. 
if you think something is up for real, if you do, because I mean, everybody has intuition. Don't don't get me wrong, and and I don't want you to mistake your anxiety for intuition, and I don't want you to disregard your intuition, thinking it's anxiety. But if you think something is up, wait. Don't bombard them with fifty-five text messages. Are we okay? Is everything all right? Are you all right? What did we do? How to stop? Stop. Breathe. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do. I love you 15 million times, and why aren't you saying I love you back? It's, it, you know, it, it won't work. Wait on the reply. Again, ask the question. Wait on the reply. And most, most often than not, um, it's, it's like something that was simple. It's something that was simple. Like, for instance, um, the boss was watching him text, so he couldn't send you a heart emoji. Or... She ate a piece of garlic bread, and she wasn't about to kiss you with that. It, it could be something just that simple. So do not make something that is minor into something major if you think something is up because it looks major. Stop. Send a text message or send a, send a phone call. Ask, and then wait on the reply. Don't send a billion and one text messages chasing after them because that's not how it works. That is codependent, and that is anxiety. And that's how you should know the difference, okay? So it looks like I have a question. This is Mana is asking, is having trouble making decisions when your mate, when your mate a sign of, co- when you're in a codependent relationship? Okay, so some of the signs, we talked about this on the last radio show, and of course you can tune into that one, but I'll go over them really, really quickly um, from last week's episode. Uh, they're always seeking reassurance. Um, and they are consistently um, doing extra, they can't say no, Um, say no to you, okay? Um, If you ask them to do something, even if it's out of their way, even if it's, you know, a problem for them, they'll make it happen because you ask. Um, Also, they they will go out of their way not to have conflict. They will rather cry in your face then have a debate about have a debate with you about what you did. They would rather suck it up and move forward. That's how you kind of know that you're in a codependent relationship, okay? Everything is kind of around you. They have no and when I say no identity, obviously people have jobs and and such and so forth. But what they don't have any personal things that are that are theirs that that do not revolve around you. Your friends are theirs. They don't have any personal friends. Your, the activities that you guys do are things that you like to do. That's how you kind of know that you're in a codependent relationship. And it's not, again, it, it's not so much for you that it is for them that it's going to be a problem unless you are the sole source of their emotions and their um, positive feelings. If you are the sole source of all of their emotions and their positive feelings, that's a problem because it doesn't work for them, okay? It won't work for them. What happens if you guys do break up? What happens if you pass away? What happens to them for their whole health, their, their you know, emotional health, their mental health? You want to make sure that your people, the people that you love, are whole people and that they love themselves just as much as they love you, okay? So, again, Another part for person that is a codependent person, something that will help you move away from that codependency 
is do not tell yourself. Stop the negative thought patterns of I deserve everything that's coming to me, even if you did do dirt in the past, okay? Continue to seek out positive and, and seek the positive in situations. Just because negative has happened to you in the past does not necessarily mean it's going to happen to you this time. And that's why a lot of um, us, and, I, and this is men and women, unfortunately we have been hurt by some really awful people. And so when we go into these new relationships, we are going with our pinky toe in because we don't want to jump in. Who wants to jump in and get hurt? I get it. I get it. So that's why healing yourself is 100% of the move. you got to heal yourself in order to move forward, okay? So another thing that you can do if you are a codependent or if you are dealing with a codependent is talk to them about not taking things personally. Not everything is personal. Some things just happen, and, and they happen in, in, in a space that um, you can't control, and it takes a lot of work for a codependent person not to take things personally, especially when it comes to an intimate relationship. But it is very important that you take that step back. If, if you guys can't go on a trip, you just can't go on a trip. It doesn't mean that everything is ruined. It doesn't mean that, you know, and they both burst into tears because, trust me, I've been that person. It just means that we will go another time, and you have to tell yourself that. And if you have a codependent mate, you have to tell them that, Okay. Um, and this is going to sound counterproductive <laughs> for those of you who have uh, people who are codependent on you or if you are a codependent person, but you've got to take breaks. You've got to take breaks from each other. Um, and do I mean let's pause the relationship? That is not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is go out with friends. Seek out your own friends. Go out with them. And on these these friend dates that you go out on, do not have a do not text each other rule. Have that. Put that into place. And then when you go out with friends, going out with friends just kind of resets us. You know, we, we, we touch base with the outer world. We touch base with the things that we like so that we can come back and we can be, you know, who we really are. And the number one thing, of course, when dealing with a, a codependent relationship is you got to establish boundaries. Boundaries are 100%. They're important across the board. It is very important for those struggling in a relationship um, where one person is everything, that boundaries are in place. You have to vocalize two, two things. So for the codependent person, you have got to, and this is something that I work on, it's I need a hug. I will say I need a hug. If I need you know, you to be sweeter to me, I will say, please be sweeter to me right now. I'm, I'm struggling. Um, and it's about being honest, okay? So, and for the person that is the person that the codependent person feels on, if you feel trapped, when you find a scenario that makes you feel trapped, speak on it at that moment. If you don't speak on it at that moment, the codependent person will not know what you're talking to. It's almost like talking to a toddler. Well, what do you mean? When? I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm that person. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you because I've been there and I've done that. So I want you to learn from the follies, my follies, and from follies that I've read about and from my, the people that I counsel, okay? The shadow work is real. You have to do it in order to become healed and whole. And trust me, healed is the new sexy. You don't want anybody that's not healed. We all want to be healed and we all want to 
grow together in a healthy relationship. That's that's the sexy right there. That's what's going to make everything work. So, and for codependent people, when you are triggered, work on what that is. Stop. When you feel triggered, stop and try to pinpoint what it is. What made me feel like I wasn't worth anything? What made me feel like they're getting ready to leave? Why is it that I feel this way? And work on that and say, okay, when they do this, it makes me feel this way, but why? Is it because my mom, A, B, C, and D, or my dad, A, B, C, and D, or my teacher, you know, just ignored me? Whatever it is. Again, and I, 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 we try to, I try not to put so much blame on parents because, unfortunately, I think no parent goes into any relationship or any, you know, goes, goes to their kids like, hey, um, I want to come and abuse you. No one sets out like that. It's not how it works. People do, I feel like, and, I, and, I, and of course, there's always an exception, but I feel like people do what it is that they feel like they can do. And what I mean by that is they're doing the best that they can do based on what it is that they know, based on what it is that they've experienced. So, unfortunately, a lot of our parents didn't get the love that they needed or didn't get the structure that they needed. Um, I always say this, we're dealing with the generations of babies having babies who had babies when they were babies. Kids started having, I mean, teenagers started getting pregnant in my generation. I'm Generation X. So we're dealing with a lot of um, parents who didn't get what they needed and therefore aren't able to give what it is that is required. So is it... um, is it, I mean, the fault, there is no fault. Some things just are what they are, and we have to accept our situations for what it is, and that's the reality of the situation because at the end of the day, we cannot change our past. We can only move forward. So I, I get irritated when I hear people say, well, this happened to me, so this is why I'm that way. Okay, so what are you doing now that you have acknowledged this happened to you? What are you doing now to fix that? How are you coping with that so that you don't lash out on someone else? And that's the reality of a relationship. You have to fix where you are. If you know these things happen to you, if you know these things are a trigger, you got to work on you so that you don't lash out on other people. So listen, folks, I did not get to everything that I wanted to get to. Um, The last piece that I would want to say is if you are in a codependent relationship, both of you guys consider getting counseling as well. Because counseling, I got to tell you, I feel like everybody should be in therapy because we all have stuff that we just need a, a non-judgmental, non-biased person to listen to. So thank you for giving me your time this morning. I do apologize for all the technical difficulties. Um, I hope you are able to hear me. Um, I'm sitting here with a telephone on live. <laughs> please, if you like this show, please hit me up. Uh, let me know you like the show. Let me know you want more content. Put more subjects in there. I will definitely try and address them. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, have a wonderful day. And come back, tune in to the Bachelor News Radio Network, where I will be here waiting for you on the Bachelor News Radio Network. Boom. Sometimes we fall in
The games, the strategy. Touchdown! This is the nation's number one show covering HBCU football. Black College Football Weekly Preview. Now, your host in his 30th season, Ty Miller. Hey, what's up? And welcome to Black College Football Weekly Preview. The 2021 season kicks off this weekend with three games on tap, highlighted by the SWAC MEAC Challenge between Alcorn State and North Carolina Central. We're going to get to that in a few moments, but first, we want to dig into the new landscape of HBCU football competition. There are still four black college conferences, but two have undergone major changes. The SWAC now consists of 12 teams with the additions of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman. In the MEAC, there are only six teams in competition. Delaware State, Howard, Morgan State, North Carolina Central, Norfolk State, and South Carolina State. Hampton and North Carolina A&T, they're both now Big South Conference members. The SIAC now has 13 teams with the additions of Edward Waters and Allen University. The CIAA still has 12 teams, six in the East and six in the West. Meantime, there are still several independent teams. They include Langston, Texas College, Lincoln of Missouri, and Tennessee State. This is Black College Football Weekly Preview from the Power News and Sports Radio Network. When you put that uniform on, you better come to work. Black College Football Weekly. Ty Miller back on BCF Weekly Preview, where we take a look at the top games each week in HBCU competition. In a few moments, we have the preseason top ten poll right after we talk about this week's games and who will come out on top. For that, we check in with the prognosticator, Jim Douglas in Atlanta. Edward Waters will kick off 2021, August 28th, against Florida Memorial in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, I'm going to go with EWC to win this cross-street rivalry by seven. And Kentucky State and Central State will collide in Columbus, Ohio. Central State finished 2019, 3-7 overall, good for last place in the SIAC West, while KSU played 500 ball in the conference at 3 and and a winning mark overall at 6-3. So I'm going to go with the Breds by 6. By the way, a non-conference game will be played here in the ATL August 28th. Alcorn faces North Carolina Central in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. The game is scheduled to be televised over ESPN. Well, for Black College Football Weekly and commencing my 48th year covering the SIC and HBCU football, this is Jim Douglas. Thank you, J.D. Speaking of the SWAC MEAC Challenge, the East Coast-based conference has a 10-4 edge in the series. Game time is 7 p.m., and like Jim said, you can see it on ESPN. And now the top 10 teams in black college football from the Power News and Sports Radio Network. I've been waiting a long time for the big whistle to blow tie, and it's with joy in my heart that I join you and our team of reporters to bring you the preseason poll. Let's roll 10 to 1 with authority. Arkansas Pine Bluff is in at number 10. Miles College at the ready at number 9. Grambling State is slated for number 8. Number 7 is home to North Carolina, A&T. Bowie State is in at number 6. 5 to 1 shakes out as follows. South Carolina State, Jackson State, Florida A&M, Alcorn State, and projected at number 1, pressure cooker, Alabama A&M. Blow the whistle, people. We're ready to crack some pads. Tabulator. Go. Thank you, G-Man. 
We're back in moments on Black College Football Weekly Preview. Once again, here's what's on tap for the first weekend of Black College Football action. Edward Waters takes on Florida International. That's in Jacksonville. Central State and Kentucky State play in Columbus, Ohio. And Alcorn State takes on North Carolina Central in Atlanta. Also, three head coaches to watch all season. Deion Sanders gets a full year at Jackson State. Eddie George, the former Titans and Cowboys running back, is now head coach at Tennessee State. And former Southern head coach Dawson Odoms is now head coach at Norfolk State. And in case you missed it, there was not a true 2020 black college football season due to COVID-19. Only a few teams played, and Alabama A&M led the pack with a 5-0 record. They were named national champions, but really, it was the season that wasn't. For BCF Weekly Preview, I'm Ty Miller. He gone. You've been listening to Black College Football Weekly from the Power News and Sports Radio Network.